Greetings, I'm Karen Colligan. Welcome to the Let's Talk Leadership Podcast. I'm the founder of a leadership organization called People Think, where I created the Keep It Real Leadership Program, and that equips and elevates emerging and advancing leaders. It's all online and it can be done anywhere and it can be done at any time. What I know for sure is all leaders lead differently. That's the beauty of leadership. And it is so important to understand what your unique leadership style is. Now that word is worth repeating, unique because everyone has their own leadership style, which will inform how you're going to help your team and your organization move forward. You gotta be real and you gotta be bold and you gotta drive to take action. Let's face it, people look to their leaders for vision. They look to their leaders for coaching and growth opportunities. This is why as a leader, you wanna be crystal clear about your unique leadership style and competencies. The whole purpose of the Let's Talk Leadership podcast is to speak to a variety of leaders who are in different industries with different titles at different levels to better understand their unique way of leading. We're going to ask each leader the same six questions so we can provide you with a diverse way of looking at leadership. We want you to find those treasures that will help you be the best leader only you can be. Let's get moving and talk to our next leadership guest. In this episode, I am thrilled to be speaking to Susan Montz, who is an AVP of Performance Improvement at Oshner Health Network. We're going to hear about Susan's approach to leadership. Susan, welcome, and thanks for being with us today. Well, thank you, Karen. Uh, I'm honored to be part of this discussion and look forward to discussing my leadership style and how I've become a leader here at Oshner. Oh, I love it. Thank you, Susan. This is great. So, so before we even get into the conversation, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what Oshner Health Network is really all about? So um, I've been in healthcare for about uh, 30 years now. I started in nursing and then advanced my career with an MBA and got on the business side of healthcare and joined Oshner about five years ago as a leader um, in healthcare. Oshner uh, is a huge system. It is probably the largest healthcare system in the Gulf South. Uh, it is a destination system, and we are perceived as, you know, a, a very, very um, important place to, to come to as a consumer to receive healthcare. So I'm very, very honored to be part of this system, very proud of it, and take the responsibility, our mission, uh, and our values for the consumers out there in the Gulf South. And actually, all over the world, people come here from all over the world to have transplants, they have to receive cancer treatment. So we're, we're pretty, uh, we have a pretty tall reputation to maintain and, uh, and, to, and to serve our population. I'll be interested to hear it and how it has informed your leadership style. You indicated you've been there five years. You joined as a leader. And my guess is when you work with an organization that's so mission driven and so value driven that that also will impact your leadership. So thank you. That's exciting. And it sounds like Oshner is also a leader in their field. It's a nice combination to chat today. So thank you for that. So first things first, Susan, 
You know, there's so many ways to define leadership. And the reason is, as I said earlier, everybody's unique and leadership is so personal for each individual. So tell us, how do you define leadership? Yeah, it's a very good question. Um, And one that I often ask myself, I lead directly a team of like six managers and then um, under the managers is about 60 people. So it's a pretty large team and we're in quality. And and I often think about what message do I want to send to my team each day and and how do I do that? And and how do I keep them inspired and and connected? So part of what I think leadership is, at least for me, um, with this large team of people that influences quality and drives quality throughout the organization, is that I have to keep them inspired, but I also have to keep them connected, mm-hmm. connected to what we're doing and, and the why behind what we do. Um, and the why is, is really about saving lives. So I, I really need to keep the purpose because in front of everybody all the time, and, and it's hard sometimes because you get into the weeds and you get into the day-to-day and it's hard. The days are hard and long, especially in the situation we're in today. So. I think arriving, you know, at least every morning with reminding myself and my team the purpose and and, and just getting excited about what we do is really important. What's really fascinating about that, Susan, is you said a couple things. First of all, you know, the days are long. There's a lot going on, whether we're in the current pandemic that we're in or not. And then to remind ourselves why we're here. Like, why do we do what we do for a living? And and then you say (laughs) to save lives. I'm not saving lives. And so um, to be that purpose-driven and really recognize and remind the folks on your team, you know, this is why we're here. There are long days and to be inspiring around that purpose. Yeah. Wow. Love that. Thank you. Okay. So, so, so then we start thinking about the values of a leader. You know, what I know is that our individual values are really the core. They're they're really our guiding light and it's how we navigate the world. I mean, it's really how we make decisions. And Oshner, it sounds like, is a very value-driven organization. However, when I think about the three values for you, that's what I want you to, to help us understand. What are your three values as a leader? Yeah, and I think it's really important to be clear about your leadership style and, and you know, it's such a responsibility to be in a leadership role. So many people look up to you and, you know, you've got to like, you've got to like be present and you've got to like each day drive what purpose, but not just purpose, my, the values that I live by and, and, and they, I think they just come easy to me because it was the way, maybe because it was the way I was raised, but the three values that I live by are transparency, integrity, and empathy. And they seem to serve me um, because, I mean, what comes through, at least the feedback I get, is that people think I'm very authentic. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think being authentic is really important. And you have to be real. I mean, you're, you're, I mean you use real in a lot of your um, of what, what you do. You know, let's keep it real. And I think you have to be real in order to keep it real. And you have to be able to, like, make sure people understand that and, it, and they believe that. And so I, I think those three values are really important. And I think, you know, transparency is also part of honesty. In order to trust, you've got to share. and You've got to be, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. What, what we're in right now and in healthcare, it's hard. I mean, it is exhausting right now, and it is 
hard. And it, it, it feels really gloomy sometimes. So I think, you know, showing the numbers and showing what we're doing and showing the positive side all the time, the transparency of data, the transparency of I'm tired too, but we've got to get through this. And showing that empathy as well is that it keeps you connected. And it, it, it keeps people honest and connected and it's, it's okay. Yeah. And what you say is this whole thing about being authentic. And, you know, if you think about what your three values are, transparency, integrity, and empathy, all of those leads to being authentic. And it is complicated. And there are days that it's really hard to keep going. And and when you talk about empathy, Susan, I, I think it's important to have empathy for others. It's also important to have empathy for ourselves. And the days yeah. are long and the days are tough and we have to be able to recognize that people are looking up to you and you want them to be connected. And if you're going to have integrity, then the expectation is, Susan, they're going to have integrity and they're going to be honest. And and what I always say, and I do always say this, is, you know, as a leader, stuff runs downhill and yeah. your team is looking at you for that direction, for that purpose. But And also, how does she live? her work life and, and transparency, integrity, and empathy. And then they can almost take that on in some way and be authentic and not be afraid, not be afraid. And that's a big, big deal these days. So um, love that. Yeah, there's a lot of fear out there, Karen. You know, there's a lot of fear of just, the, you know, the world that we're living in today, but also, you know, there's fear of failure too. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. you know, and I think it's okay to not be perfect. And it's okay, you know, you, when you're, you, when you're, when you're working with the young managers and young leaders, you know, they want to be perfect, right? Mm -hmm. they, yeah. they, they're so proud to be promoted to being a manager, uh, especially here in this organization where, you know, we are an organization of 27,000 people and growing. And I mean, a manager's position is not an easy position to, to get promoted to. Um, so when, you know, and all of my managers were promoted to managers. So they arrive and they want to be perfect and they want to show me that how great they are. And, and oftentimes it's like, don't worry about being perfect because you're not going to get it right all the time. And it's okay. That's what I'm here to, to do is to help you. Mm. And I'm not going to get it right all the time. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. And, you know, we, we just have to collectively be part of this team that it's okay not to have the answers. Mm -hmm. It's okay to have that data, but I'm going to get that data. And, I, and that's, and the, you know, my, my work is driven. Our work here is driven. My team's are driven by a lot of data. We live in quality, but data is really important. And data is really ugly. Mm -hmm. So you have to be really careful when you present data. So, you know, when we're asked to present what are these outcomes on screenings and, you know, and how many cancers did we detect and how many lives have we saved, this is hard data to get to. This is a continuum. So you want to get that answer for your boss, right? You want yeah. to get that answer. But um, you want to make sure it's correct. So I'm always reminding my team or I often remind my team is that, you know, it's okay. You know, we're, we, we, we can take our time, but the data's got to be mm -hmm. as clean as possible and put the caveats around it because we want people to believe what we deliver. Yep. And we want to make sure they know if what's something that comes out of my shop, they, it, they can rely on it. Yes. Yeah. Integrity has been vet, vetted. And it goes back to your value, integrity. I mean, the data has to be honest and trustworthy and people have to know as you said it comes out of your shop it's going to be the right stuff and, and you yeah. said something susan that's really uh, i think important in terms of this whole perfection thing perfection to me is debilitating it can just 
stop people in their track because we can cycle and we can cycle and we can cycle till we get the right stuff. So for you to be able to give your team permission to do the, like, you really have to do the best you can. You can have fear of failure. And at the end of the day, we all are human. We have to be okay. And I really believe that part of the leader's responsibility is to catch them when they're going down the wrong path or when they've provided, you know, something that is not as accurate as it needs to be, or they do something that is not perfect. That as an employee, if I work with you or for you, to know that you're not going to punish me, that you're that I will still be celebrated, if you will. It's it's so true, Karen. And I'm, as I'm thinking about this, really thinking about the whole when these people come to you, they're driven, right? Yeah. Um, and often, sometimes they do get stuck with the numbers and the outcomes because we are measured by that. That's not at the end of the day. You know, we have targets. Mm-hmm. We want to have you know 89 percent of our people screened with breast cancer. We want to have. 78% of our people screened for colorectal cancer screenings. We want to have 82% of our patients that are hypertension to be controlled with their blood pressure. So we are measured by numbers. We have, these, we have this measure here on my team. It's called care gap closure. So you look every week to see where the care gap closures are. Sometimes they get lost in the numbers mm-hmm. and they become really hard on their people. I often have to pull them back and say, look, you know, you have to invest in your people. Don't worry about the numbers. The numbers are going to come. Mm-hmm. If you've got the right people and you're there for them and you show them how to do what they're supposed to do, your number, I promise you, your numbers will come. And it's been really um, interesting for them to trust that message and to trust that. And they're starting to see it. And it's taken me about two years to get them there. My has been hit with me for two years. And I think they're starting to believe, really, if you believe in the people yes. and you trust the workflow that we've built. The, the numbers will come, they'll come, they'll come, yeah. outcomes yeah. will come there. It's a trust thing too, you know, it's interesting with data and, and outcomes and, and that drive that they have, that we all have too. And I mean, obviously that's music to my ears. I mean, think about what my company name is, people think. That's right. <laughs> exactly. And, right. and that's really true when you trust in your people and you take care of your people and you instill them with the values and everything else will follow. Okay. I see, so- I see it. Yeah. Oh, and especially what you just said, two years. I mean, it's been two years and you really start to see the the shift. And it does take time, Susan, and people often don't have the uh, tenacity for patience. Let's put it that way. Everybody's like, what about now? What about now? So let let me ask you, um, you know, obviously we're going through an enormous amount of transition and change. We've both alluded to it a little bit in our conversation today. You think about the global pandemic, you think about the social awakening awakening, and how the economy has really been impacted by both of those. You're in an organization, there's an enormous amount of pressure. How do you lead your team through transition and change? It's been hard. Well, it's been hard because everybody's been affected differently. Some of my team mm-hmm. members have kids that are young uh, that went in school or uh, a young or school-aged children. Some of them, you know, have parents now they have to take care of. So everyone's situation is a little bit different. So I think it's really, and now we're all working, most of us are working from home. So adjusting just to a virtual environment, which we were not a virtual environment before. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ashner was very traditional, come to work, show up for work. I mean, I led a team of people when I was in the Bay Area um, in a virtual environment. I had confidence. If you got the right people, it's going to work. But uh, my leadership was really struggling with it. I think I came 
to the table with, you know what? I believe in you. We got to get you mm-hmm. set up at home. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a little different. I'm not here to micromanage you with your productivity. Your numbers will show it. Uh, I know you've got noise in the background you have to take care of. Yeah. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about having to log on your computer if you're being distracted. I'm, I'm not measuring you that way. And I don't want you to feel that you're going to be measured with that lens. So really giving them permission mm. was huge. It was comfortable for me because I've done it before. It wasn't comfortable for my organization, though, because they were struggling with it. So I think in this transition, understanding what that meant to them and how their lives changed mm. would impact and staying connected. Mm. So like now we do, um, I have a two and a half hour virtual meeting now every Monday. It used to be in, in, in person, but I have huddles now like two times a week. So I'm staying connected with each other because we don't get to see each other as often as we would. We're all on the same floor before. Yeah, yeah. So I think staying connected and providing that guidance and giving them permission to do whatever you have to do to take care of your family and yourself first has been really important for me and them. Yeah, and it goes back to what you just said. I mean, if you take care of your people, your people are going to take care of you and what we continue to learn in this virtual world is the boundaries are really complicated at this point. People don't understand what the boundaries are. We're home, we're connected. And is there a beginning of a day and then the end of the day? And for a leader to be able to say, I'm going to give you permission. You do have to take care of your kids. You do have to help with your parents. You do whatever the situation is a big deal because it allows them to know that you do have faith in them and they're going to get the work done Right. When they can get the work done. I mean, it, it right. can't be nine to five. Just It's just not the way the world works these days. That's yeah. for sure. And that connection. I mean, you know, when people feel like they have a connection, it goes back to the values again right. of that empathy. I mean, that there's a direct correlation between the empathy and the connection and that we have to really hear what is important for the people that, that work for us. And so what we know is that, you know, the best leaders are the ones who are always curious. The best leaders are the ones who continue to learn. We have to continue to, to, to evolve. So what are some of the tools or some of the resources that you use to make sure that you're evolving and to make sure that you can bring yeah. these things to your team, Susan? Well, I mean, I think as a leader, you have to, like, really remain curious right? Mm-hmm. You have to like understand that you don't have all the answers and not, not have an ego to say, you know, the way I do it is the best way because I know we're the best. There is some of that here in, in Adashita. We're the best and others, you know, don't do it as well as we do. And I'm like, no, we're not the best. Look at our numbers. Mm-hmm. You know, we can be better. Um, mm-hmm. There's got to be a way to look at this. Always like having a lens that leans towards curiosity, which is kind of natural for me anyway. I'm always, I'm a curious person. But always looking to like be better, uh, or learn a better way, a more efficient way. I'm part of um, a few different organizations. I sit on a few quality committees that are national committees that I lean into and I listen. And I, you know, I stay connected to that through now Zoom me, you know, Zoom virtual conferences. So I, I, I actually lean on other people that are leaders in other organizations that are driving quality. I do some podcasts, you know, I listen to um, different leaders that have advice. I don't, I'm not on Twitter. I'm not on, I, I don't do a lot of social media stuff. So I think mainly conferences. I, I do read, I do read some books and articles, and, but it's, it's mainly leaders that are um, in other organizations that yeah. I probably on the most. Or look to, you know, yeah. look up to and lean in and we share. And then we come and we all come. I mean, I think, you know, being vulnerable uh, when you're in these committees and saying, hey, look, you know, yeah, I'm in a, 
and you get off, and I don't, I don't have it right. I mean, I don't have it all right. I'm struggling. You know, right. I'm struggling getting enrolling people in digital medicine. How are you guys doing it? Yeah. You know, we've got people here that, you know, they can't even afford smartphones, and, and you're required to have a smartphone, and you're required to, you know, have a portal account. I mean, how are you getting guys getting through these hurdles? You know, how, how are you? How are you you're maintaining your diabetics at a higher rate than we are? You know, what, how, what are you doing to do that? How are you engaging the patients? I mean, there's a lot to learn. Yeah. I mean, so I think, you know, for me, it's really staying um, open and knowing we don't always have the answers and looking to other leaders to see how they're doing it better than we are. Yeah, I love that. And that whole thing is... Um, you have to le really lean into the curiosity. And then, you know, Susan, we're all smart and we all know a lot and we don't know it all. And to be right. able to trust yourself enough and be vulnerable enough to say, you know what, how are you guys doing it? We think we're doing it well and we know we need to do things a little bit better. Again, that right. goes back to the integrity piece where and the transparency piece. So I'm doing the best I can. I really am. And I think, you know, so many people look to other people for learning. I mean, that's what it's really all about. You know, that that makes really good sense to me. So so then you think about, OK, your your folks, like what do you do about them in terms to really helping them continue their development and growth? I mean, what you've been saying is, you know, I'm trying to stay connected yeah. with them. I'm trying to have some empathy with them and understand everybody's situation is different. Now we're saying, OK, we don't understand boundaries anymore. And now, oh, don't forget, you have to learn and you have to develop. So what do you do with your team? Yeah, so, well, initially, you know, I really encouraged both of my team to, to sign up for two different organizational conferences this year. And unfortunately, you know, that's going to only be virtual, but nice. at least we're going to do conferences. They're going to go outside of Oshner. I encourage them to look outside of Oshner and to come, come to the table with different ideas because I'm open. I'm open to learning, open to looking at things differently. I don't have it. I mean, I lean on them for the opportunities and the answers. I don't have all the answers. We have a really strong OLN, uh, online learning network, um, that um, they've got to put in like 40 hours a week, 40 hours a year. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of there's a lot of online courses. That's what I, you know, and I encourage that. Um, but also what I think my responsibility is for them, too, is really to get them exposed. So I'm trying to, like, develop each one of them as a SME, a subject matter expert, on certain different contracts and projects. Putting them on committees that they probably could, wouldn't have been on before, and I'm actually putting them, individually, putting them on projects that give them exposures because they're the up and coming leaders after I move on, right? Yeah, right, right, right. So they have to get better exposure. So I'm trying to do that for them as well. And it, it, you know, it goes back to what we said, I said earlier about everybody's unique and it goes back to, you know, you've just indicated like depending on what their uh, subject matter expert is, yeah. expertise yeah. is and, and, and making right. sure that they're getting the exposure and, and growing in that way. So I can give you a really good example right now. I have um, a new member of my team and she um, is, she loves to write kind of thing she does and she's very, and she has a master's in public health. So she comes to us with a strong public health background and actually uh, has spent many years in Medicaid. So the poor, the, you know, low income populations. So I'm looking at some of the communication materials we've developed and I'm just not crazy about them and I think it's impacting our patient engagement. And so now I have candy because she likes to write and we just hired a behavior science, behavior scientist. I'm like, candy, you want to help revamp all this wow. writing material? Wow. Um, it's a project, but it's 
it's what you love. You love to write. She goes, oh, my God, I love it. She goes, she's so excited about it. Oh, nice. And she's working with this behavior scientist who's awesome. And so, you know, part of it is finding the lane that they really like yeah. and getting excited. That's not it's part of the work, but, you know, bigger. And it's going to have a bigger impact. And so I think keeping them excited and finding a lane that they enjoy is important for their growth. Oh, absolutely. And one never knows what she's going to determine as she's going through this. I mean, you know, it opens up so many other avenues. And when somebody's excited about something, you know, all of a sudden the boundaries go down and they're like, oh, no, I want to work on this. Yeah. And and again, it goes back to what do you want? And what I really believe is that it's important for the leader to ask, like, what do you want? Where do you want to head? Because you're not a magician. You don't know everything. And, And to have them really give you some information. This is what I want. Yeah. You know, she loves writing, give her the project. So it's about listening and it's about not only listening, yeah. you know, having the conversation, but actually really hearing what they're saying. And knowing, asking them, where, which I just finished mid-year evaluations and really asking them where do they want to go in the next two or three years? Yes. I mean, what's their path and how do I help them as yeah. a leader? How do I help them get there? And wanting them to be prepared so that, you know, where do you, you, you want to be in the next two to three years? I can help you and you have to articulate and communicate to me what you want. My last question, and, and, you know, in my, the way I look at the world is, you know, I just think it's so important to have joy during our day when, when we're working. And, and I don't mean let's have a party, let's jump up and down, let's get balloons. And, and although I'm not opposed to that either. Um, however, yeah. when people come into the work day, whether it's figuratively these days or physically, uh, you know, I really believe that, that you have to have some, some joy when you go there. So outside of, of your work, Susan, you know, what's a piece of art or culture or music? I mean, well, what do you do to fill yourself up and feel like you're balanced so that you can bring this joy to work? Yeah, it's, it's, you have to really pay attention to that, you know, cause you just need to put, you need to come full, right? You need to come full. Otherwise you can't give. And, and there's a lot that is expected of us here at Oshner. And of our population, the people we serve. I mean, we, we, we're here to serve. So, yeah, you have to keep yourself healthy and balanced, and you have to fill your souls. I do work out. Having an exercise routine is really important to me, and it's, it's just a combination of different things. Mm-hmm. And, and, and walking and being outside is really important to me. I, I, I'm not a gym person, so I do run, and I do work outside, and I work with a trainer. And so that's important. So exercise is important. And I, li- I really, what calms me down the most really is classical music and blues. I listen to a lot of classical mm. music when I come home or blues, when I really want to relax and just kind of like, you know, get a little zenny or just yeah. kind of happy and relax. And of course, I, I put on some other rock and roll stuff when I want to kind of have fun and, and, you know, but I listen to a lot of music. You know, I like, I really, what's therapeutic for me too is cooking, coffee, whatever. So the kitchen brings me a lot of peace and, and happiness. And then I really, the beach is my happy place. So I, I really try to get to the beach three, three or four times a year. And it doesn't matter. I mean, I, I like it all seasons. It doesn't matter. And I don't mind what rains there. I can go during the rainy season. I just like looking yeah. at the ocean, being part of it, smelling it, walking on the beach. So the beach is my happy place. So, yeah. um, Oh, the beach, the music. I mean, happy, 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 both. Yeah. And, and you know, you said 
just as you are answering the question is, you know, it's really important to be able to be whole. That wasn't your exact word when you go to work and we have to fill up afterwards because we can't, yeah. you know, runneth over every single day. And there's a lot of stress. Yeah. There's a lot of yeah. um, pressure and, and we, we have to have some joy when we get there. Wow. Yeah. All righty then, my goodness, Susan, thank you. My goodness gracious, so much for your insights thank and you. your thoughts. What thank a great you, Karen. These are very important questions that you have here. I mean, it's really important to stop and think about this because they're provocative and it's important to like kind of reset. So thank you for that invitation. Yeah. Be part of Help me really frame and continue to frame my leadership style and purpose. Oh, I love it. It was great. What a great conversation. And I learned so much as well uh, about all of it. And that's what I continue to do in terms of all of these podcasts is it's amazing what, what I've been learning along the way, which is so fun. So Susan Montz, thank you. I greatly appreciate you being with us. And Susan is the AVP of Performance Improvement at Oshner Health Network. So thanks for listening, everyone. Till the next episode of the Let's Talk Leadership podcast. Have a good one. And don't forget to keep it real. Music by Pottington Bear. Editing by Mary Lee Williams. Till the next time. Thanks. Bye now.